the sixth episode of our show. Uh, it is both our last episode of the regular season, our first episode of the playoffs, and dare I say, maybe the last show of this management group. Uh, and oh. as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who is a stud with a fresh stud, Canuck Clay Emo. Parker, you're not wasting any time. I love how you're setting up basically what we're going to be talking about for a while. But yes, um, hi, nice to see you. I'm glad you have dried off since your golf outing earlier today. Ooh. Are you okay, man? Yeah, it was a little little damp out there, but uh, we survived <laughs> and, uh, and I'm Good. ready to go. Yeah, and your reference, just in case anyone's wondering what the heck's he talking about. Firstly, they don't think Clay Emo's a stud, although I am the founder of the GLCPC. Yeah, I did my first, Parker, I don't know how you do it. I did my first ever watch party, watch long, whatever you call it last night. That's tiring, man. By the time you set up and clean up and actually talk for three hours, oh yeah. And then I was playing be... my cube. Yeah, <laughs> you so it was focused. fun. I'm glad. I, yeah, I'm. A, I'm glad I only do it once a year, and it was it was a fun thing. But for some reason, someone two weeks ago, I, I got on topic of how I thought it used to be cool, maybe, and how I had an ear piercing that had since um, closed up. And someone had the idea, hey, why don't you wear it for the the stream? And then me, I said, okay, why don't I do that? Of course. <laughs> 10 minutes before the stream starts, I'm trying to poke a hear an earring through a hole that hasn't, that doesn't sound good, through a, uh, that, that hasn't been opened in about four or five years. So needless to say, bit of blood, a bit of polysporin, and it was it was for the people, but back to uh, San's earring, and that's the way it should be, I think. A, so true, thank you. a true man of the people, uh, that's for sure. Um, also, uh, of course, uh, everyone in the YouTube chat, good to have you all here. If you're watching live, uh, of course, you're welcome to leave comments throughout the show. We do uh, peruse those as we go. Uh, also, of course, later on, we might request some topics from you guys. Maybe uh, a little new segment we might be previewing out here <laughs> as well. So, uh, of course, while you're here, uh, if you're just finding out about us, uh, I know we have a few new subscribers here before the show. All of our links are in the description below. There's a little link tree there. You can click on those. Or if you're listening to the audio the next day, the link's also in the description. So you can uh, find us on YouTube, Twitter, all that good stuff anyways uh, i think we can just sort of dive right into the show sure. uh i the we we put a little document together to keep track of what we're going to talk about and i didn't put them in any particular order so clay what do you want to start off with tonight well let's talk about um how you were feeling parker as you saw the canucks fight back from two four goal, well basically one four goal deficit la last night pretty crazy yeah well i'll be honest i only watched the third period so i think i had a big part in it <laughs> um to be honest it was it was one of those things where it's i it, again like i i i'm i'm, I'm usually pretty level-headed about things where it's like look the players aren't gonna not try right and it's yeah. like well why'd you guys have to go do that and uh the fact that they haven't really been good at battling back in games from more than a one goal deficit this year and then they come out and do that uh against the flames it's just like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> great. Good job getting the point, guys, I guess. But, you know, it's one of those things where uh, a year or a year down the line, we won't be, we won't care about that win, but we might care if our draft position is hurt. But at the end of the day, right. that's life. Yeah. It's the most Canuck thing ever, right? To come back from four goal deficit against Calgary, Tanev, Markstrom, Levo, to, to not win the game, to lose it, to have Edler be the one to, to score his 100th goal ha, Absolutely. on his own team. And yes, we get a point. So in essence, moving us up two spots. You know, I always say this because I don't want people to think I'm dumb, but I, I get the fact, I want the Canucks to win. I get the fact that every point gives us a, a worse position, both not only for the lottery, but for the draft overall, which the lottery is predicated on. But yeah, that was just strange. It, it was fun as a fan. And it was fun as I'm watching it with no sound, trying not to get copyrighted, as you know. But mm. uh, it, it was good. It was it was made for fun chat for sure. But um, very strange game and you got two more of them. I don't know who's going to be watching, though. Aren't they at like 1 and 12.30, respectively, over the next couple of days? Yeah, in on weekdays. Like, I was looking, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do, like, a little watch-along. Last game of the yeah. season, you know, good sort of wrap-up. And I looked like, oh, it's at 12.30. I, I have work. <laughs> like, I'm not, I guess I'm not watching it. Like, I'll, I'll have it on in the background. But, yeah, it's yes, one of those things. Yeah. Despite the frequency with uh, that you and I, are, uh, sometimes are going to pump up videos while we're working we can't do three and a half, two and a half hours that's for no sure. <laughs> no i have to i do have to get work done during my day i can take yes. i can take 15 minutes power to video if i have to yeah uh that's just yep. my lunch break basically but but yeah on these ones it's uh it would be it would be pushing it a little bit it's so funny man i, I we won't spoil it and those guys everyone in the chat uh ladies and gentlemen in the chat can spoil it but they already know what our new segment it is and they're already dropping <laughs> some already but we'll we'll get to that in a few minutes yeah, save them for later folks um yes yes 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and while we're here, I just want a quick shout out to uh, to all you guys who who dropped some Apple reviews on the Apple Podcast pages. I I learned apparently that Apple Podcast reviews are separate by region. So when I log on there, I only see Canadians who have done it. But I was able to go into the U.S. site and find some more. So uh, really, I'll, we'll drop a few throughout the throughout the show. A few shout outs. Uh, first one, JFK twenty twelve. Uh, great hockey podcast, five-star review, saying he's a longtime Leafs fan that happened to cross Parker and Clay. Great hockey talk, balanced views, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parker and Clay do not have rose-colored glasses. And I think I think that might be wow. sort of our slogan, is uh, we are very level-headed and try to look at things from a... I mean, you you usually put a more positive spin on it, but it's not that you don't know, right? It's not that you're right. like, I mean, you're not Caleb, right? You're not like, you're not like have the blinders up and you're like, everything is good. Everything is okay. Um, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty fair, pretty fair thing that to is, say. That is a great review. I'm presuming JFK. So that guy's from the States or that, that lady's from the States. I think that, I Maybe think that one was from the States. I don't entirely okay. remember uh, yeah. where I, I just screamed some of them all. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Caleb because, uh, you know, one of the the podcasts I know that both of us listen to, and we're not afraid to mention here, is the Vancast. Obviously, the mm-hmm. best, um, well, second best. Second best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Thomas Trance and J Pat actually mentioned me and Caleb in the same sentence today because they were talking about how uh, we were down by four, five one going to the third, and the Canucks uh, tweeted out down by a couple of goals. Right? <laughs> I saw was, that. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. A couple, and then couple. Uh, basically, they said in the in the the Vancast today, they said. You know, it was more than a couple goals. Yeah, it was a couple, couple, but only Caleb and Clay would say that it was uh, it was only a couple. And then they said, actually, only Caleb. So they, I basically tweeted them, said, thanks for the shout out. But uh, Caleb makes me, the founder of the GLCPC, look like a Debbie Downer. Like, you cannot yeah. match that guy. No, no one you can. He is he is steadfast uh, in his belief in, in Jim Benning. And I think that sort of leads into the big news story of the week, which was dropped uh by matt sakaris on friday mm-hmm. on his show and this is one of the things where it was like okay well and i and we even had a had a little dm about this well it's like yes. okay well grain of salt right with the with matt sakaris he does like to uh you know embellish the truth a little bit i would say uh to to try to drum up some some attention uh, which is fair mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. media nowadays that's content uh content is king uh but then we had elliot friedman coming out and sort of uh sort of backing and backing him up and basically to paraphrase what matt sakara said he said um this sort of crisis of consumer confidence uh in the canucks fan base towards the canucks organization uh has made the canucks organization look bad and there's been a bunch of people saying from around the nhl that like yeah the canucks are one of the worst run organizations in the league now you take a look at that compare that to 10 years ago and they're saying the exact opposite right the canucks were the gold standard of organization in the league uh so this sort of consumer confidence crisis as matt put it where the people who are spending the money now don't believe in you or your product that's going to be an issue so we've heard rumors that uh or at least what he said is it might not just be a management overhaul it might be an entire organizational overhaul so things like management the business side basically the whole shebang of the canucks organization could be getting upended uh and we'll start with just that part what are your thoughts on uh on sort of the potential uh goings on here yeah, there's a lot to unpack, Parker, for sure. Um, and we can talk about off the ice and then on the ice. But the the sentiment that we're, whether you call it the lowest point or a low point, I don't think you can argue with that. If you, you just look at the apathy, you look at guys donating money to fire, a, you know, to hire a, a plane to drag a fire bending sign across the, the Vancouver sky. And it's it's crazy. And then you add COVID, the Jake Vertanen situation and it's just such a tough year, but yeah, what has Benning really done in the last little bit to to really um, uh, instill confidence in all these fans that invest, like you, like me, time, energy, money into this team? And then we know that it goes higher than Benning, and I, I think that's what you're hinting at with this whole management and ownership. It, it includes Aquilini. And the one thing I'll start off with, which is funny, as Sakaris just kind of mentioned it, he mentioned that maybe Francesco, one of the three brothers, along with Roberto and Paulo, they might remove him as the team representative on the board of governors, as the chairman, 
and put a different brother in named yeah. Roberto. That's crazy. It's a That's weird, crazy. it's a weird organ. It's a, it's sort of this, like this Italian mob sort of feeling thing, right? <laughs> Where it's like, it's like, yeah, Francesco's the guy right now and he's the owner, but in reality yeah. it's the family, right? It's the family yes. business. Um, and it's, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if if the family wants, they can move one guy out, bring another guy in and say, okay, this is our guy now. Now, uh, we have heard, at least I saw a tweet today saying that Roberto might not want that gig. Um, That that apparently that was something that he could have had the potential to do a long time ago. And he said no. Um, Mm. And that starts to bring me to the thing where it's like, if they don't trust Francesco and 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 Roberto doesn't want to do it. And what do, do they sell it? Does Luigi just step in and be like, "All right, this is my team now"? Um, yeah. So it's it's a such a weird dynamic, and it's so it's it's sort of a peek behind the curtain that we don't get very often, right? This sort of like when I say they're like the Italian mob, I mean that in more ways than one, right? Like sort of their family structure, but also the fact that we don't know what goes on there. We don't know what they're thinking. They don't talk to the media, right? There's just this little thing. We get the occasional Francesco tweets, which are, which are fun. Uh, But really they're just this, like, like this mythical organization behind the curtain uh, that we, we don't really know what happens. Yeah. And then uh, true or false for you, Parker, when you hear Luigi, do you think of Mario or not? Um, A little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. I think more um, was Luigi the guy's name in The Simpsons, the 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 Italian guy uh, who, that I who owned, know. The, owned the past of place. I think it is. Yeah, his <laughs> you know, yeah, Luigi Risotto is his name, uh, and that's oh, who that's that. that's who I think of. <laughs> okay, so so there's that issue. Okay, uh, this is good. I, I think we, we got to tackle these one by one. Yeah. So then there's this issue about Jeff Courtnell, yeah, a former player and a, a big part of the 1994 run, and he, decent player, not the best ever, but certainly certainly top six forward, part of that run. And we we learned first off that he came in two years ago in 2019 to help do an overall assessment. And we've heard that Benning and Weisbrod maybe didn't take well everything that Courtnell said, but he was brought in as an advisor. And they're potentially considering that now, not to be the new GM, not to do to be uh, Linden's replacement as president, but to advise, whatever that means. And then, of course, I, I guess we should touch on it because it's an important part. A lot of people then search up Jeff Courtnell and they find the story from 1990 where he was one of four Washington Capitals players at the time that were accused of uh, you know, sexually assaulting a, a young woman. I don't e- actually, I don't even know what happened, uh, what the final result of this. Do you? I, I'm not no, sure. I'm but, not super yes. caught up. Yeah. But so there's there's all that news about Jeff Courtnell too. And many people who know uh, about his playing days like him, they know he's a relatively, you know, he's a successful businessman, local. So there's that element as well that an advisor of some sort. Heck, you and I could be advisors, I think. Yeah, and We'd then he's got like these weird businesses that he's got going, like some sort of gold mine in Peru or something that he's a yeah. part of. And it's just, again, it's another one of these mystery men that's apparently really close with the Aquilini family. Right. Uh, and it's sort of, again, um, so yeah, they, apparently they brought him in, like you said, in 2019. And there was a bit of a power struggle between uh, what the the opinions he put forth and it basically mm. came over and Benning and Wisebrod said, well, we disagree. And uh, and now maybe I think this can almost be a sign of, well, maybe the Aquilinas are looking at it and say, well, maybe, you know, if maybe maybe he was right. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. these things that the Benning and Wisebrod were putting forth uh, didn't work out uh, in whatever way that would be. Uh, and now they're saying, well, if he was right then, maybe he's right about other things. And I, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you need a guy in the room who can say no. Uh, I don't know if Jeff Cortnell's that guy. I don't know if anyone like who that guy is because again, we don't know yeah. these people. Uh, but I think they need someone on the outside of this sort of echo chamber that they've built. Um, where they've basically cleaned house and it's just two guys running the whole show, right? Like they, they, they pushed Lyndon out, you know, they pushed, uh, even like on the business side, Sakaris was saying like a guy like Jeff Stipek uh, on the business side, they just got rid of him and they didn't replace him. Right. So they've sort of been just whittling things down into everyone who will say yes. Uh, yeah. and it's just, you know, it's, it's kind it's a dangerous game to play. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's sort of where we've ended up. It's crazy, Parker. It's like um, I've heard that they have the leanest management structure of all 31 teams, which makes sense given all the things you laid out. Even a simple things like people we know in here that that work for Canuck Sports and Entertainment. I know Justin and Lucas are two guys that do, and they haven't been brought back yet. They've laid off so many people, so many levels, middle management, um, you know, non-managers. 
Yeah, it's so when you talk about uh, fan confidence and consumer confidence, what about the people that actually work for the team as well? How excited are they? And we see all these playoff games. Isn't it crazy seeing all these games where there are fans oh. in the stands? And and yeah, it's it's nuts. And and there's just so much. There's so much up in the air. And we haven't even started. And I know we will. We haven't even talked about players and contracts yet. We're still yeah. kind of whittling through all the management stuff. And the thing, <laughs> the thing you mentioned, the playoffs being on right now. And I think this is big for the Canucks organization is because the Canucks are still playing, and you can watch. So if you go back to last night, right? And you watch that insane Tampa Bay, Florida game and just how yeah. good all of the hockey has been the last two days. And then there's the Canucks and Flames game. And you look at the Canucks <laughs> and are like, yeah, this isn't a playoff team. Like just like yeah. looking at the play, right? Like it's like, hey, this is so much slower. It's so much, you know, less exciting. And sure, it's fair. It's the end of the season. They don't care as much. But the, like it's such yeah. a stark contrast that we're seeing. Um that I think Great I think point. that might have, you know, that can't be helping consumer confidence, right? Like people seeing that and being like, well, when are we going to do that? Right? Like, yeah, we're <laughs> still playing games in May, but at the end, yeah, it's just, it's uh, it's not a great look. Great point. And as we were, as we were getting ready to do this, the Colorado St. Louis game was wrapping up and yeah. I could hear my son, Sean and son, Sean and Jacob upstairs watching it and be like, I could hear them exclaiming, Oh, Oh, what a saber. Who's, these guys are so good. Like you, you can't compare the two. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine us trying to face Colorado in a, a seven game series right now? It'd no. be over in three. No, I yeah. should say that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so much like watching these games of teams that I don't have a rooting interest in is so much more entertaining than watching the team yeah. I do have a rooting interest in. And that's mm -hmm. not like that's another thing, right? Like it's like okay, well, who's are we gonna are are a bunch of people gonna be paying to go watch this team next year? Yeah, right. Like it's yeah. uh, it's tough. Okay, so we move from ownership, Aquilini's, to advisor, potentially, Jeff Cortnoy and, and GL Rebirth says he thinks the uh, charges got dismissed that I mentioned. So mm. let's go down to GM. What's your Jim Benning meter right, at right now? Oh, this is so tough. And I've listened to so much radio the last couple of days. I listened to, uh, I listened to Friedman on Donnie and Dolly today. I lis I've listened to just a bunch of stuff. And... Almost all, almost everyone who is all obviously more in the know than us, it's their job to be. Yeah. They all say, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, that's kind of where we are. Um, who knows? Uh, I think, here's my, my thoughts on do I think they should move on from this manager group? It's well documented. I think they should. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, being the second longest tenured GM in the NHL and, and having nothing to show for it is, uh, is not great. Uh, but then you also have the, the side of, do I think that they will yeah. move on? And I think things have been trending that way. Now we look at, you know, two months ago and it was like, okay, no, he's going to be back. Like that sort of whole thing came out, like where Friedman said, yep, his, uh, his contract's guaranteed. They're not getting rid of him. But now if we're looking at, you know, like we said, the consumer confidence thing, if you have to eat a few million dollars in, in paying two GMs for a couple of years to restore consumer confidence and fill the arena a few more nights, that's going to make up for it financially. Uh, and it's just, it's just it just makes so much sense to me. And I'm just hoping that they don't just cheap out if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Cause we, we keep yeah. seeing, you know, from, you know, Willie D to Travis green, right. Just two rookie uh, coaches, Jim Benning, a rookie GM. Uh, let's get either someone, not necessarily someone who has like the experience, but someone who's got at least some cachet, uh, and has mm -hmm. some potential and isn't just like, oh, this guy was involved in the Boston organization for a while. Let's bring him in because that seems to be yeah. sort of the trend. <laughs> You're so right, Parker. Uh, after basically being right back where we started rebuilding. Yes, I don't think fans will will indeed. My Siri just went on for some reason, but mm. it's OK. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think the fans would stand for that. They would want um, they would want someone with some name cachet, and they would want someone who they can trust. They can trust that they've seen built a winner. So we kind of always bleed them together. The whole GM and coach. You know, it's funny. You 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 talk about what you think is going to happen and what you want to happen. It's exact same for me, and, and that they're opposites. I think that Green's gone and Benning stays, but I technically I prefer the opposite. I I'm okay with Travis Green. But I think there needs to be a change at the GM. And then, of course, Ian Clark, it sounds like uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Yeah. And right now there's no smoke. So I don't think there's any fire. Yeah, I listened to I listened to Kevin Woodley today on on Halford and Ruff this morning and he mm. was talking about like lots of places like the Rangers are a good example where they've made their goalie coach cuz lots of places like what it seems the Canucks are doing is like, "Hey, well, let's get the you got to get the GM figured out and then the GM can figure the coach out and then the coach can mm. figure out his staff." Right? So if you're going to replace Benning, then it doesn't make sense to re-sign Travis Green because the new GM's going to want his guy. So if they if their thought process is, okay, we'll bring in a new guy after the season, then he can hire a coach, and then he can hire a goalie coach, and whether that's Ian Clark wow. or not. But what the Rangers are doing, they've had the same guy there for like 15 years, and he's survived like four different coaching staffs because they've sort of figured that the goalie coach doesn't really have an impact on the coaching structure, right? Like, sure, a coach might want to hire his own power play coach, his own penalty kill coach, etc. But the goalie coach is such a self-contained thing that if you've got a guy that's able to do it or a department of guys like Florida that's able to do it, then they can almost just be this separate entity because they're only working on two guys, right? And yeah. your your two goalies don't have to follow your structure, right? They just have to go out and make 30 saves a night. Um, so it's this sort of weird, uh, almost like antiquated view that the Canucks organization has where they're so focused on doing everything procedurally. Like we've got to figure this guy out, then this guy out, then this guy out. And it looks like well, that goes a level above that. It's not figuring out the GM first. It's figuring out who's going to run the team at the ownership level first. And when yeah. there's this much dysfunction and you're thinking about rehauling everything, like it's... We've heard Jim say he's run out of time in the past. Is like mm-hmm. I'm just worried that the entire organization is just going to run out of time with everything and miss out on potentially if we hire a GM later in the process and then he has to hire a coach. Well, all these coaches that are free might, you know, we might miss out on some good coaches because they get hired somewhere else and things like this. And it's just mm-hmm. sort of a snowball of of just falling behind. And that's what I feel like the Canucks might do here. Exactly. Uh, that's a really good point. The longer they wait for any of these positions, of course, there are going to be less qualified candidates out there because they are um, because they're good. They're going to get scooped up pretty darn quick. So let's, uh, yeah, everyone in the chat, maybe um, talk about what you think is going to happen and what you want to happen with the the everything from the ownership down. Ownership, advisor, GM, coach. Uh, start chat. I know you already are, but we'd love to hear what you guys think. Hey Parker, have you heard this thing that Friedman also said today that uh, there's a potential that Hughes's contract may be long term. Versus Pedersen's. Yeah, what'd you think of that? I think it makes sense after... Because I think his price went down a little this year. Um, Not a lot, but I think... uh, I think for Quinn Hughes, what I would be thinking is, yeah, I want something short-term because I'm going to prove myself next year and I'm going to be way better. But if the Canucks can lock him up after sort of it's down here... Now, it is risky because Mm -hmm. he played worse this year and you start to think, well, is he going to continue this sort of lower tier of play? I'm not saying he's bad. He's a really good hockey player, but he wasn't at at his caliber of last season. Uh, So you make this bet of maybe you make a bet where the money is somewhere in the middle of if he was elite this year and if he's sort of on like that second tier and you say, you know, let's put the money somewhere in the middle and then if you overachieve, that's good for us. If you underachieve, well, you're still making decent money. Um, now at that point, longer term is good because if you can, if you can lock Quinn Hughes up for, I don't know, whatever it would be like seven, maybe for, for, you know, six years or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well then in four years, uh, when this team hopefully is doing something, uh, competitive, or at least like in the middle of a window, uh, just that, that cap certainty, right? Like if you have, if you have a guy like Quinn Hughes and he's playing to his full potential, making like $7 million for a couple of years in your competitive window, that's huge. Yeah. So I yeah. think if you can, if you can put something together that makes sense for both sides, then sure. But again, I'm a little concerned with the whole GM uncertainty that uh, of, of what's <laughs> going to happen. It fascinates me for two reasons when it comes to Quinn Hughes, because as soon as we heard that Pedersen switched agents to uh, the same agency that Hughes is in, every a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people started talking about you know identical contracts. And uh, I know you and I have talked about this before. Maybe this does make sense because Fords tend to make more than than D. So I always thought maybe the same length term, but not the same money. So there was always that kind of um, mm-hmm. consideration. But it's this whole thing of he's part of that class with Darlene, Hiskinen, and Makar. And I think you'd agree Makar has separated himself oh, maybe yeah. from the – they're all four really good players. And he was got his three assists last night. I think he remembered that he still needs a contract. But, yeah, Makar's kind of separated himself, not only the team with he's with, but his own play. 
So it'll be fascinating if those three guys are thinking bridge, but the Canucks are thinking long-term with Hughes. How does that set a market? Does that uh, not set a market because of the whole long-term, short-term? It's going to be a really interesting story to, to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. Uh, and I think this next week is, it's really it, right? Cause we had the last game coming through on Wednesday yeah. and then you'd think excellent interviews would be like Thursday, Friday. Um, and then, yeah, you'll see what that meeting between the Aquilinis and Jim Benning turns out to do. Right. And I think that's what happened with mm -hmm. Trevor Linden a couple years ago is they went into that sort of exit meeting and they heard something they didn't like. And they sort of just wrapped it up there. Uh, so maybe something similar happens. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if anything's going to happen, uh, it better happen quick just for the idea <laughs> of you want to maximize the time you have. It's a short off season to begin with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that's sort of, you know, where I am on it. Parker, in your heart of hearts, do you think something semi-drastic happens either on Thursday or Friday of this week? Of this week, I say, yeah. I say something drastic happens before our next show, whether okay. it's whether it's Thursday or Friday, maybe or the weekend. Um, yep, yep. Maybe they try to slide something in on a Friday uh, at the end of a news day. You know, that's sort of a, a sort of classic <laughs> move. Um, but if it's something like, honestly, PR wise, if it's something like, yeah, we've relieved Jim Benning of his duties, then yeah, you want to put that on a prime time because because that's going to be like the fan most of the fan base is going to be for that. Um, yeah. So I, I hope that if something happens, it happens soon. And I hope that something happens. Yeah, there's a big difference between Friday at 9 a.m. versus Friday at 4.59 p.m. for yep. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So get, we're coming up to the halfway point. I think we should uh, let the people loose, don't you, with with our new segment? And before we do that, a uh, quick shout oh, yes. out to, to Vishal, who also left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Oh. And there's a link in the chat right now if you want to go click on that and leave us a five-star review. Uh, he said nice. his title was The Best of the Best. And his, uh, his blurb was, I may be a bit biased, but this is the best hockey podcast in the world. The minds of Parker and Clay coming together to put together an excellent podcast every Monday. Also, shout out to the stream if uh, if the reviews are being read right now. So, shout out from Vishal and thank you for the five star review. But yes, let's get into the new segment. Uh, Do you want to set it up just in case anyone that's here that wasn't here last week, even just for uh, sure. thirty seconds or so, set it up. So last week uh, we were talking about the whole grocery gate. Uh, Jim Benning getting a picture taken uh, of him at like Save on Foods or Safeway or something. Uh, and I basically said, uh, taking pictures of a random man while he's grocery shopping at Safeway and posting it on Twitter, don't do that. And, don't do that. And it sort of took off, uh, at least in the chat here. And I took a good clip and put it on Twitter and people seem to like it. So I want to hear what your don't do that's are for this week. I saw one earlier. I uh, don't remember who it was from because it was like 15 minutes ago, but it was basically <laughs> bringing back Jim Benning. Don't do that. Uh, so yeah. uh, if you guys have some good ones uh, while we talk about our next topic, we, we can start accumulating those uh, in Yeah, and I, I just have one because we, we kind of led with it. You know, um, I'd say, Alex Edler, you want your 100th goal. Maybe don't score on your own team. Don't do yeah, that. Don't do that. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Brock Besser stealing a goal from Alex Edler to force yes. overtime doing yes. two bad, like one stealing Edler's 100th goal. If it, and if it didn't go in, then giving your team a point to, to hurt your lottery chances. Yes. Don't do that. Uh, and I think, yeah, one of so, ours, one of ours from last week that I stole from you. Cause you said half of it was going on a six game winning streak to end the season. Uh, and I mean, they're, they're not winning, but they're, I mean, they won one game uh, and took one to OT, but they're still hurting their draft position. Yeah. Don't do that. And I guess one that one that's pretty obvious. I have a, a double header, and then we can get to the people. Um, you know, play regular season games while everyone else is watching and playing the playoffs. Don't do that. Don't do. And that. Uh, for me, very selfishly, this is first world problem, Parker. But I was supposed to go to the game on tomorrow night with Marie, as you know, and then they changed it to one p.m. start in Esplicaby, and I, I have to run a meeting. So changing a game to the daytime when I'm supposed to go to it. Don't do that. That's just not very nice of them. They should have. No. They should have thought about you, and I, not very, all the people very... watching the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's in the chat? What's in the chat here? Uh, playing Matthew Highmore in the top six. Uh, don't do that. And I think if you're going into next year, man, that better not be a thing that can happen. 
Um, And it shouldn't be uh, as long as injuries aren't a huge concern, right? Pedersen coming back, uh, adding Pod Coles into the mix because he's got to at least be higher on the depth chart than than Highmore, uh, who has, what, three goals now? Yep. Good for him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, (laughs) A reference to, speaking of Highmore, the guy who we traded away for him, Adam Gaudet. Uh, kicking your new bride at the wedding reception. Don't do that. Very good. Very I mean, good, made, made for good content, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, See, so yeah, it's letting Ian Clark walk and potentially go to the flames and reignite, uh, reunite with Jacob Markstrom. Don't do that. Yeah, that would be an issue. Could you imagine <laughs> Ian Clark goes back to Calgary with Markstrom on basically what's an anchor contract if he keeps up his current play? Uh, good yeah. for him that he got paid. Obviously, we love we love Marky yeah. here. Um, but yes. if, but if Ian Clark goes there and and revitalizes him, and then they you know, and then watch next season Canucks finish fifth in the Pacific Division with Calgary ahead of them, thanks to like a, a Jacob Markstrom shutout against the Canucks yeah. on the last night of the season, this is going to happen. Um, <sighs> wow, that what a oh. what a sad turn this took. Okay, let's uh go go ahead. <laughs> okay, a couple, a couple more that had to do with uh, last night's game. I, I like these together. Uh, playing Chatfield, Chatfield and Yulevi together, don't do that. And Ooh. not playing Hoglander in OT, which I don't think he has all season long. Don't do that. Yeah, wild. Do we want to talk about all Yulevi here for a sec? Sure, go for um, it. Oh, that and by goal. the way, to everyone's we didn't we didn't get to. We'd love to read all of them, but we do have a couple other topics we want to get to. But keep sending them in. We do read them all afterwards. Yeah, he got especially yours, Dexter. Yeah, he got turnstiled last night. Bad. Yeah. He yeah. didn't have a good showing. And again, I didn't watch most of the game because I, to be frank, it, these games don't matter. Uh, and they're kind of yeah. boring, except for the third period last night. Um, but man, he got just walked around and he was just his pivot speed was so slow. And it's something and we've seen it. We saw it earlier in the season, right? We saw it happen a few times, like once per game, he would get walked and he would get a decent scoring chance. It's like, look, you can forgive that if he's doing enough on the other side of the ice or at least just being solid defensively, mostly. And if he can fix it. But this yeah. was the worst one we've seen. He just he had a decent lane and he just got mixed up, turned around weird. And now there's lots of people on, online who are saying like, yeah, Yule Levy is like, he's just not cut out for it. He's not going to be more mm. than a depth D man. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's at least, and this is something I keep saying in, in most of my videos, at least you know now, right? Like at least you know going into this offseason, like, okay, Yulevi's not like we can't have him as our number four defenseman, right? Like he can't right. be he can't be our second pair D man, and he probably shouldn't be our third. Um, that's a hole we need to try to fill, right? And whether that's yeah. you know free agency trade, etc. Um, sure. The, just the more knowledge you have, uh, the just the better. All season he's been playing with Tyler Myers on the third pairing when Yulevi plays, and with Myers, yes, you can you can maybe wish that he played a little bit better, but Myers does make up for a lot of Ulevi's mistakes because of his reach. Myers is actually a good skater and just a veteran, a savvy veteran. So you, you saw the difference, right? When Ulevi plays with a, a fellow rookie, so to speak in Jalen Chatfield, it was not good. And it, that's really interesting, Parker, that you talk about in your videos, you talk about, yeah, top four, top six, uh, you know, second pair, third pair. I've been saying, you know, I've been on this train for a long time of mm-hmm. uh, being fine with Hughes, Rathbone, Yulevi uh, as your one, two, three, as long it's indeed uh, Yulevi at number three. But, uh, you know, whether it's Edler not coming back, maybe that's why I'm saying that. Or you're right, maybe they do have to go out and get some insurance or at least have someone battle with Yulevi for that third mm-hmm. pairing spot. Because I'm all in on Rathbone. I really am. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Hughes and Rathbone taking those two. Uh, those top two spots on the left side, at least. Also, another one from last night. Playing Jonah Gadjevich less than five minutes in his NHL debut. Don't do that. The guy went out yeah. there. He had a spirited bout. I think he played yeah. fine in the limited amount of time that he played. You know, get, yeah. again, like I said, you want to know what you have in him. Sure, you're trying to come back from this 5-1 game. Like, I guess don't play him. But, like, the odds of you coming back in that game were so small anyways. Gadjevich wasn't going to be a big part of it. Um you know, and maybe the Canucks would have lost, you know, in regulation last night. Uh, but yeah. again, who cares, right? <laughs> like, like, let's see what you got in the kid uh, and see if he can, you know, go out there and make an impact, which I mean, he made his presence felt uh, physically mm-hmm. uh, for sure, which was, you know, it was, it was good to see. Yeah. Did you get a chance to hear him after the game speak? To no, the I didn't. Okay. So he, he only spoke for three or four minutes. 
But Parker, he was like a kid in a candy store. They they referenced the fact that he only got five minutes despite making the impact. And he, he says, yeah, I understand that we're trying to come back and, uh, you know, that I'm not going to be the first person they call. So he, in essence, said that he was happy on the bench cheering for the team. You can almost picture him like a little kid cheering yeah. every time the Canucks scored. That's kind of it's kind of endearing a little bit. No, I, I, that's one of those things where it's uh, – and this is one thing that if, if Jim Bedding's done anything right, uh, his priority of character – I think mm. has has been something good, uh, and yeah. you always say you see this about everyone he drafts, and it's like you know it's a, he's a good kid uh, usually at the end of the day, and that's that's sort of the vibe I get from Gadjevich. He's you know he's strong, he's physical on the ice, uh, and he works his tail off, uh, but he's you know he's he's living his dream right. He just played his first yeah. NHL game. Yeah, it was only five minutes, but as a second round as a late second round pick. Most of them don't play an NHL game, right? So the fact mm-hmm. that he's able to go out there and he's able to like actually compete for a spot on the team potentially next year, get an audition, and get some playing time in the National Hockey League, which has probably been his dream since he was like three years old. Like, yeah, I, I'd be fired up if I had to play five minutes in the NHL. So... <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, I I love just I love hearing that, uh, and the fact that he's not just sitting there kind of pouting like, yeah, well, I wish I played more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's uh, definitely seems like a good a good character guy. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, you know Colin got a six or seven games fine. So if gadgets played these final two, it sounds like maybe Will Lockwood will get into one or two as well. So all mm-hmm. these guys at least getting a taste at the end of this mean nothing season. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's go on to our next topic here. Where do you want to go? Do you want to talk a little bit about the big NHL stuff going on? That's not the Canucks, the uh, the Stanley yeah, Cup playoffs. Let's do that. We're called Canucks After Dark, but I think our our listeners and, and viewers are pretty uh, mature and intelligent. They know that we can only go so far talking about this team, especially for the next three months. So we're going to have to expand our horizons, I think, a little bit. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I, I mean, we could talk We could talk for hours about this whole uh, organizational upheaval that might be occurring with, with you know, Jim Benning potentially on the on the chopping block here. Yeah. Uh, but if, if something actually happens and we have some actual big news, stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel uh, because yes. if it does, if it were to happen on, say, a Thursday or a Friday, three days away from our next show... Yeah, and might might something might come up on this channel, and you might want to be watching at 10 p.m. that night. Exactly, not having notifications on, Parker. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. You need your exactly. notifications on, folks. I want to. I want you to to know. You don't want to miss it and see it the next day and be like, ah, I missed out on hanging out in the chat. Uh, so make <laughs> sure you are subscribed. All right, let's go division by division. Did you make picks? You made. Did you put a bracket yeah, together? So- yeah, I didn't. And by the way, I, I, I congratulate you off air, but I, I want to do it uh, while people are listening. Good. You did a great bracket challenge video. I know a lot of people like those videos and I, I, it was awesome to see you get that much traction on that. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It's gr- really, really good. Uh, whereas you got 3000 views. I'm going to get 10 because I did it for my Hall of Fame members only. And it was kind of mm. cool. I had Sean and Jacob do their brackets as well. My more public thing was I did a little uh, paid confidence pool but it's the same kind of idea you're predicting a bracket you're picking teams so yeah i have a bracket in front of me that i can compare and contrast with you for sure perfect all right let's start uh in the west division uh because it's the top left on this bracket i'm looking at the the one versus four matchup and this might be the most lopsided matchup of the bracket and it was kind of shown in that game tonight uh colorado and St. Louis, Colorado, after tonight's game, winning 4-1, to one, up 1-0 one, in the series. What was your prediction for this one? I'm going to take them 4-1 to one in games as well. So I have St. Louis winning one of them. I have Colorado in five. How about you? I had Colorado in four. Uh, and okay. just looking at this series is such, such a lopsided affair. And really, the only thing that I would look at and I would say, okay, St. Louis steals a game would be Jordan Biddington playing out of his mind. And as sure. a, as a non-Jordan uh, Biddington fan... Uh, I don't think that happens. And I think Colorado has too much firepower. They have too much speed. They have just up and down their lineup. It's so stacked. Uh, I think they just walk through St. Louis. They get a nice few days of rest uh, against the winner of the next series here, Vegas and Minnesota. And despite what happened yesterday, I can't just change my pick because the Vegas loses game one. I have Vegas in six for this one. I, I like their depth and goal. And I, I think they're just um, they're built uh, they're built for the playoffs. Minnesota's I also, got some yeah I also, shinier pieces, but yeah, I have Vegas and six as well. But I'm hoping hmm. for the opposite. I think it's like okay, I, I, I want Minnesota to win. Um, 
Uh, Cam Talbot has been excellent this year, and he had a shutout last night. Um, and I just, I Minnesota again. They used to be such a boring team, uh, but now <laughs> they have some exciting guys, right? Guys like Kaprasov yep. um, and just Fiala. all, yep. yeah, Fiala. Uh, Erickson X been really good. He had that goal last night, no T. Um, yeah. I hope Minnesota pulls it out, but in my bracket, I picked Vegas, which would lead to both of us having a Colorado Vegas matchup in the second round. Indeed. Uh, who would you take there? By the way, in the chat, as you've been doing, give your predictions as we're going. So as we go series by series, mm-hmm. we want to see yours as well. So I do have Colorado in a hard-fought seven-game series. Yeah, I took Colorado in six for that one. Okay. Um, yeah, they we, tied in the regular season. They're both equally as good. It's going to be, they, yeah, it took the last game of the regular season to figure out who was going to win that division. Yeah, and most people in the chat are, are agreeing with, with Colorado uh, and Vegas mm-hmm. as sort of the, the stronger picks um yeah which definitely makes a bit of sense uh we'll we'll do the north division last because that's going to be everyone's sure. favorite to talk about and that, that doesn't even start till like wednesday uh yeah. let's go over to the east division uh okay first matchup there the pittsburgh penguins and the new york islanders yeah you know i i like the penguins depth so i have i have pittsburgh in seven now <laughs> mine's already wrong i had pittsburgh in four uh <laughs> But at least you're honest. The thing is, like, I I look at just the run that Pittsburgh's been on the last couple months of the season where they just couldn't lose. Um, And I'm I think goaltending is going to be their biggest weakness. Um, But it's not like I think that uh, the Islanders goaltending is going to be that much better. Uh, And it's it's so hard for me to bet against Sidney Crosby uh, or Evgeny Malkin or you know, name your pick, like take your pick. Um, yeah. So many of these guys, like even like a Brian Rust who performed really well in the playoffs last year, uh, just a bunch yeah. of players who, uh, who've been there before they've done it before uh, and they look really strong. So if I had to adjust my opinion I'd, uh, with the way that the Islanders played last night, I'd still probably say Pittsburgh in six. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I had them in four, which is, uh, which is not right anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and New York. Yeah. That's the, those four teams. That was the closest race of the of the divisions no weak team amongst them so mm-hmm. we would not be surprised if the islanders pulled it out for sure and some people are saying in the chat don't sleep on the islanders for the other one you know i consider washington very similar to pittsburgh in that they have the veterans they have a lot of good scoring although now they have a 39 year old backup goaltender who's gonna have to take them but i did have washington in seven i had, you had boston right boston in seven yeah. and this is one of those things where honestly i'm just cheering for this series to go to seven because <laughs> Washington, really strong team. Boston uh, is just, is, they're really hitting their stride. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, it's, again, it's hard for me to bet against the, the that sort of top line there, the perfection line, the Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line, yeah. because it's just so powerful. Uh, you put yeah. them on the power play and you are in trouble. Oh, it's kind of the same with Washington, with, uh, with Ovechkin and Carlson there. Uh, sure. This is one of those series where, uh, obviously, I'd prefer Washington to win, being not a Boston fan. Uh, but honestly, I just want seven games of this because it's just going to be an excellent series through and through. And both games so far have gone to overtime, right? In, in that yes. series already? Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. So that For me, that sets up uh, Pittsburgh, Washington. For you, it sets up Pittsburgh, Boston. So regardless, I have the Penguins uh, still. Even though I'm not sold on their goaltending, I'm not sold on Tristan Jari. I yeah. had him in another pool and I dropped him right away. But I have Penguins in seven over the Capitals. For I me. have Pittsburgh in seven over the Bruins. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. I... Yeah, their goaltending is what scares me. And and if they, for me at least, going up against the Bruins, Tuka Rask can steal some games. Um, he has a career, like, 921 save percentage, which is absurd. That's nuts. It's, so they, they have this nice little tidbit on Halford and Breath this morning. Uh, if you look at goalies in sort of the modern era who have played 400 games, Tuka Rask yep. is second in regular season save percentage behind Dominic Hasek. That's unreal. Un- unreal and it's weird that boston fans just sort of seem to want to push them out but uh anyways let's let's so we both on. have colorado and pittsburgh in our final four then yes so far uh carolina nashville predators yeah i i think uh nashville's lucky to get a game but i actually didn't pick any sweep so i have actually carolina in five also have carolina in five uh this is one mm-hmm. of the ones where I think this is going to be fairly lopsided. And again, they would need a goalie to steal one. I think Carolina, I loved them in the bubble last year, especially their performance against the Rangers. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched them just, just run circles around the Rangers, like just skating circles around them, yeah. just outclassing them. 
uh, in every possible way. And I was like, all right, this team's making the finals. And I said that last yeah. year, and then they got they got clowned by Boston. Um, but I think I think that they're even better. Uh, and yeah. also, I, I'm I'm down for some storm surges. So let's go, Carolina. Oh. They are so good. I watched some of their game tonight. They are so fast. They're mm. so dynamic up front. Yeah. Rookie goalie though, surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, yeah, a great series. We saw we saw the 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 first game. Absolutely nuts. You know where I'm going. This one, I, I, despite finishing third behind the Panthers, I love Tampa Bay, so I have them in six. Yeah, Tampa Bay is is. I mean, you get Stamkos and Kucherov back, right? <laughs> I mean, they're literally like. I mean, there's the whole. You know, I mean, Kucherov happened to not be healthy until. Yesterday, crazy, but yeah. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, look, they they did what they're allowed to do, uh, and I think you blame the NHL before you blame Tampa, um, yeah. and they are just so strong. I mean, they have the best goalie in the NHL. They have yeah. some of the mo- the best firepower in the NHL. Victor Hedman mm-hmm. had a down year, but it's still Victor Hedman going into the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm taking Victor Hedman. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I really I like Florida. I like what they've done, and I think they have a fighting chance in this series. Um, I do think Tampa Bay probably takes it, and I have them in six. Okay. So we both have Carolina versus Tampa. I have the upset. Uh, I have Tampa in seven. I have Carolina in seven. And this is another one I just, I want as many seven game series as possible. Let's make these playoffs Mm -hmm. fun. Uh, And again, these are two teams where I think both of them can win it. And I I think I'm just a little bit biased towards Carolina just because I really like their, I just, I really like their players, and they're just super fun to watch. Uh, They're just a super high flying team that's super fun. Uh, so we have our first difference in our final four. You now have Colorado, Pittsburgh, Carolina. I have Colorado, Pittsburgh, Tampa. Right. What do we got on the north side of the border? You north, go first. Uh, the north side, we start out with Toronto and Montreal. This is going to be fun. And for everyone's sake, I mean, most of us, we we hope Montreal takes this one just for the chaos, right? <laughs> Barring the, like, whether you like Toronto or dislike Toronto, you have to admit the chaos that would ensue if Montreal came out and beat the Maple Leafs in this series and they still couldn't get it around one would just be so entertaining. Now, if Tyler Toffoli goes out and scores like 12 goals in this series to carry the team, then Jim Benning can say he planned this all along and it was all to sabotage Toronto. Um, I think Toronto wins this in five. Uh, and I think okay. the only shot Montreal has is Carey Price playing out of his mind. Um, Toronto, you have Jack Campbell, who's going to be the game one starter, um, which makes a ton of sense. He was excellent this year, uh, but it's still Jack Campbell, you know, and if he falters, yeah. you have a Freddie Anderson who has looked not good lately behind him. And so I think, although, you know, Carey Price is getting up there in age and he hasn't been excellent in a while either, but I think, you know, going into a playoff series, if I'm taking, if I'm picking between Jack Campbell or Carey Price, even with how Jack Campbell's played this year, I think I'm leading towards taking a guy like Carey Price. Mm-hmm. but you still end up picking Toronto in five. It was yeah. funny. I'm just look, looking at the chat. Uh, YouTube legend, hot take hockey is in here. He didn't speak up, of course, until you talked about Toronto, Montreal. He was worried <laughs> that you were going uh, Montreal, but he put a sad face. But yes, I think he's very happy that you said Toronto five and he'll be doubly as happy because I also have the Maple Leafs in five, just too deep. Uh, that top six is crazy with Hyman coming back. I think Jack Campbell can catch lightning in the bottle and their, their D I do like them, uh, you know, some players on their D. So yes, I also have Toronto on five. And for the other one, this is the only one where I'm probably picking with my heart instead of my head. I have the Winnipeg jets in six. I really do. I, wow. I know how good McDavid is. I know how good dry is. If there's one goalie who may be able to uh, shut them down, it's Hallebuck. I know, Edmonton went 7-2-1 and one against them in the regular. I know all this stuff. I know even Winnipeg's defense isn't that good. But I do like Winnipeg's top six, comparable in my eyes to Toronto's top six. And yes, maybe I'm voting with my heart here, but I have Winnipeg in six. Winnipeg is... They're, they have no shot, in my opinion. <laughs> of course they have a shot. Lots of people actually is taking the Jets in this series in the chat. But man, the Jets... I mean, again, Connor Hellebuck is the Winnipeg Jets at this point. Uh, if the Jets yeah. are going to do anything, Connor Hellebuck is going to have to be a bubble Thatcher Demko for Winnipeg this year. He is going to need to play yeah. out of his mind. Because, like... If, if McDavid gets 20 points in this series, I wouldn't be surprised, right? If we're looking at a series mm-hmm. that goes six games and McDavid has like 18 points or something, like, yeah, good luck, right? Like, what are you going to, yeah. what are they going to do? So I think Edmonton is just a stronger team. 
I think Mike Smith has been pretty good. Um, yep. and, you know, he's been to the playoffs before. He's got that experience. Uh, Koskinen looked awful against the Canucks the other day. So they very are going, bad. very bad goalie. They are going to need Mike Smith to play well. Um, and I think, I think that could be their weak link is if, if Mike Smith falters, they don't have a guy to fall back on. Uh, and yeah. I would take Connor Hellebuck over Mike Smith any day of the week, but I would also take Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl over Blake Wheeler and, and Mark Shifley. Sure. So what do you have Edmonton and what? Edmonton, Toronto. Sorry, oh, Edmonton in, in how many games? Uh, I have them in six, but I, okay, I so wouldn't that, be surprised if it's five or four. Okay, so let's do something fun. This is the one uh, the one series where we're probably the most divergent, right? We can have disagreement, obviously. We, we want that. But we should come up with a fun little wager. Just something fun, something that's sure. not too embarrassing, that's not painful. But we should have one of these wagers per round. Would you agree to that? So I we think, just yes. Out, let's do something We've got to figure like out what we're wagering. If you Maybe guys in someone the chat, in the chat. Yeah, someone in the chat, give us some ideas on things we can wager. Uh, something fun. Uh, and yeah. we can and we can do that. Okay, right. you go first. So, Toronto, I ha- I would have Toronto and Edmonton then. Uh, I'm taking Toronto in five. Uh, again, mm-hmm. McDavid, Dreisaitl, so strong. Um, but also Austin Matthews is on an unbelievable tear. And I think the I think once you get past the top two players on a team, then things really start to go Toronto's way, right? Like once you get past McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, Marner, then you got like Tavares. Uh, on one side against like a, yeah. I guess Nugent Hopkins on the other, or maybe Darnell Nurse has been excellent as well. Uh, I just think the depth of Toronto uh, in a in a hard fought playoff series, I think they win out uh, in that yep. one. By the way, best suggestion so far, <laughs> Dexter loser has to get a Jim Benning haircut. <laughs> I don't think I need a haircut. I would just need some aggressive jet black dye. Um, you you might have some work to do though. Uh, yes, and, and I, I, we'll go through more of these later, but Shy Jetty has a fun, funny one too. If Parker's wrong, he has to live with my son Jacob for for a day. That, that, but I think those guys would get along really well. In fact, Jacob might want Parker to be uh, his, his new uh, family member. So yes, I am denying the world in my picks of a McDavid versus Matthews matchup because I, I took Winnipeg. And um, But yeah, now this is where my, my heart has to stop. No, no, not literally, you know what I mean. I, I do think Toronto will beat Winnipeg. Because if you even say that Winnipeg's top six is close to Toronto's, um, it's not I, I, Toronto's close. way better than the back end. Yeah. And, and goaltending, I don't think there's that much of a discrepancy. So I go Toronto in six. Cool. So now we know uh, I use our first uh, first two rounds of the playoffs. Uh, of course, as we keep going on Mondays, uh, we'll, we'll sort of uh, keep track of where we're at on, uh, on our picks. Yeah. And as new series starts, of course, we'll make new predictions as we go and while we're here another apple review to read out another apple podcast review shout out to ethan b duncan left a five-star review said must listen if you're a canucks fan parker and clay are great guys and do an awesome job unpacking the past week in canucks news and games they share the love and passion for the team that we all have and uh if you want to leave a review like ethan has or vishal or jfk did uh, not that JFK, but the one that left the review. Um, you can go to the link that I just put in the chat, or if you're listening uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just go over, go to the Apple Podcasts app or on the website, uh, and just leave a nice five star review. We'll read it out during the next show. Yeah, we appreciate those reviews, good and bad. Uh, we just want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is we've joked around about Canada. We've kind of made we made our way into the Apple Podcast rankings, which is cool. We've we peaked really high in New Zealand in our first week. But we've also entered into the Sweden and U.S. charts, which is pretty cool. So now we're mm-hmm. we're present at least in four countries. Yes, we are. We're taking over the game uh, out here uh, <laughs> as well as we can. Yes. All right. Well, I can't believe we're 53 minutes in. This went by really quickly. Actually, I guess really we should did. get to the people for a few minutes. Sure. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see what we've got. Uh, Justin saying he thought he left a review this afternoon. They have to get approved by Apple, I think. So they take oh. like. Like some of the ones I read today are from like two weeks ago that just came through in the last couple of days. So if it might take a little bit for us to get to yours, but uh, we promise we will once it comes through. Great question from C edits. Uh, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen stuff like loser has to eat 10 cheeseburgers. Loser has to buy a reverse retro and walk to Rogers arena with it. Loser has to go clean the other guy's house. So uh, <laughs> some good suggestions. We will, we will see C edits. We'll throw it to you first, Parker thoughts on the Sam Bennett suspension for, basically skating halfway across the ice and nailing Blake Coleman in the boards. I'm surprised it was two minutes called on the ice for one. Uh, that's what really surprised me. Uh, he should have been gone the second that happened. Um, 
in a vacuum, it's fine. Uh, I think, I I mean, did it warrant a a suspension? Absolutely. And we've heard that, I mean, sort of the ratio is one playoff game equals four regular season games or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, it's about four regular season games. That makes sense to me. Uh, A playoff game, suspension, I don't have a problem with it. I know a lot of people are mad about it because of the whole Tom Wilson thing a couple weeks ago. You know, at the end of the day, that happened a while ago. Who cares anymore? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, did Sam Bennett deserve suspension? Absolutely. Interesting that ratio. I, I didn't know that. I knew there was a, a, an unsaid ratio. I didn't know it was one to four. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. I Nothing much to add to what you said. Definitely deserving of a suspension. And if one game equals four, then that makes a, uh, that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you I think, think that? So. Oh, sorry. Thoughts on the Tom Wilson situation. So what does that mean? Did I miss uh, something? What I think there was something that happened today. I missed it though. I didn't want I was golfing during uh yeah. during that game. I was stuck out in the rain. Uh um Tom Wilson's embellishment penalty. I mean, I'll just look at it while we're here. Um, sure. So if you want to keep talking, I'll uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, happens. while you're looking that up, Jog Paul, I think maybe just late because we talked about it for about three minutes, which is fine. Who's taking the Jets versus the Oilers? Um, we had Parker taking Edmonton in five, and I took Winnipeg in six. It's the one that's the most divergent out of the eight first round picks. So we asked people to give us wagers, suggestions for wagers that Parker and I could do. It's nothing that's going to harm us physically or destroy our self esteem for the rest of our lives. So we are open to your suggestions. For sure. I don't know, just oh, so I'll tell you what happened. He kind of got tripped, and it looks like he went down pretty easy, but it didn't look, I don't know, kind of meh. I missed most of the game, though, so I I don't know what else happened. Oh, the one two oh, weeks ago, though? Yeah, the one two yeah. weeks ago, uh, I I think he should have been suspended, and I think <laughs> it's pretty pretty clear. Yes. Will Alex Edler score in his the final two games of this year? And as a second part... Do you think he comes back next year, Parker? All right. First question. Will he score this year? Let's look at statistics. Uh, how many games has he played this year and how many goals does he have? Doesn't matter Lots the first one. None. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So do I think he magically gets one in the last two games? Only if the Canucks are up by a goal with like four minutes to go and the Flames pull the goalie and they leave Edler out for four minutes. Or he takes a shot that hits like a, a Flames player and goes in um, or some some bizarre thing happens then yeah sure but uh, odds on no there's like yeah. probably not uh does he come back next year um i don't know it's it's one of those things where like if i mean i should they bring him back maybe if it's cheap enough right like he's still a serviceable yeah. nhl player uh and he's a leader in the locker room um now if a new gm comes in he might not care about the whole sentimental side of it right he might be like okay hey, well i haven't been around edler um, let's look yeah. at it purely from an outsider's perspective and see what we should do. Um, do I think he'll come back? I don't know. I, it's so hard to get a read on what Alex Edler thinks. He's so quiet. Uh, he looks like when he's, you know, if he's not playing, he's just sort of sitting there like, okay. And if he's playing, he's out there. He's like, all right, we're doing, we're, we're playing. Like he's, he's so stoic and I just, I, I can't get a read on him. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. And I agree with you. I do not think he's going to score unless some someone lets him or something fluky happens. And I would be okay if he didn't come back. That's not a disrespect to Alex Edler. I just don't know if they're going to be able to agree on money. And you know that I've said, I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. And I don't think he will play anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Could be proven wrong. We're watching Zidane Chara in Washington right now. So yeah. stranger things have happened for sure. Uh, Arsenal Can I go to Arsenal's question? Yep. Oh, yeah. no, you first. Great minds. It was the same one. Uh, thoughts on the difference between playoff hockey and regular season hockey. Uh, which teams do you think get hurt the most because of changing game style? Let's start with the first part. What are your thoughts on the difference in playoff hockey and regular season hockey? Yeah, in theory, and you, you've you referenced it already, the whole uh, ratio of one to four. In theory, playoff hockey is tougher. They don't call as much. There's a lot more hitting. It's more intense. All these things. We understand all that. Parker, I think 10 or 20 years ago, the the teams that were fast and were skilled they they could struggle not always but they might have trouble adjusting to the clutching and grabbing and the fact that the referees put their whistles in their pocket maybe you could say the Canucks suffered that 10 years ago in the finals against the Bruins you could say that but I do think the game has evolved a little bit and I love Arsenal's question I do think the game has evolved a bit where the skilled teams they're not just skilled like a bunch of wimpy guys who who can't fight through checks. Like you look at what Colorado did today. Mm-hmm. You have McKinnon and Laniscog who are skilled, 
but can dole out the hits in the fights as well. You have a team like Carolina who like Sveshnikov isn't going to lay down for anyone. Aho is good. Um, you know, so I actually think now that the, the difference between regular season and playoffs to me isn't as pronounced because the skilled teams are just as good or better at fighting through all the clutching and grabbing. So that might be an easy way out of the, the answer, especially for the second, the second part. But I, I don't see it as big of a difference. I notice the difference, but I think teams are better adjusting to it. What do you think of that? I have two sides on this, uh, on the yeah. differences in playoff hockey and regular season hockey. If we're just talking about this, the play, like if we're talking about intensity and excitement factor, man, playoff hockey is miles better. Uh, and this mm -hmm. is one of those arguments that some people make against 82 game seasons is that the games don't matter as much. Uh, but when it's the playoffs, the the sport as a whole is so much more exciting. Now, the other side of it is uh, officiating. I wish in my heart of hearts, the rule book is the rule book. If you're <laughs> calling it in the regular season, call it in the playoffs. And it's in mm -hmm. the regular season. If you're calling it in the first period, call it in the third period when it's a close game. Uh, yeah. And I've always just, it's always been so frustrating to me that the rules change and it's like this sort of like unwritten code, you know, we've talked about the code in other senses, but sort of the officiating code that it's like, well, if it's a close game or it's an important game, we're going to call things less. And the idea is we don't want to have this big influence on the game. But mm. at the same time, you are having this big influence on the game because of instead of favoring the better team, you're favoring the team that's committing penalties that are going uncalled because they mm -hmm. can't keep up, right? You look at if I bet you I bet if we watch uh, Edmonton and Winnipeg this week, we will see McDavid get held, hooked, tripped, grabbed countless times that go uncalled. But he's earning these penalties, right? Like he's yeah. er, like he's earning the right to get hooked and the right to get a power play from it. Uh, and I think it's one of those things where it's like if they just started calling the rule book, then the the players would adapt. And we saw this after the lockout when they sort of implemented the 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 harsher crackdown on like hooking and holding, right? And it, there was a lot of penalties called for a few months. And then the game got faster because no one was getting hooked or held because uh, the players <laughs> got used to these penalties being called. And I think if they made that adjustment to the playoffs, keep the physicality, reduce the clutching and grabbing a little bit, allow for a little more speed and excitement. Uh, and yeah. I think that'll just make the product that much better. Fair enough. And quickly, the second part of the question, Arso's question, I think any team that doesn't have a true identity as a speed team, a skill team, or a big bruising team is going to struggle, right? Because you need to... You need to kind of capitalize on something. And if you're just kind of meh and everything, then you're going to get walked by a Colorado Avalanche who have speed and skill. Or you're going to get smoked by a Boston Bruins team who's, who's a little bit, I don't know if they still are, but, you know, kind of big and bad kind of thing. So I think you definitely have to have an identity that's good, that it will work. And those, the teams that don't, those are the ones that are going to struggle. And maybe those are the teams that don't do as well in the regular season. And hence, we're not expecting a St. Louis Blues or a Nashville Predators to do much in the, in the postseason. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I yeah. think, yeah, I think usually the best, the better teams prevail. Um, yeah. And that's usually how it goes. Uh, and that's, it's, you know, it's one of the, it's the hardest trophy to win in sports, right? You got to win, you got to win 16 hard fought games in some cases on back to back nights again this year uh, and yeah. go on in, in a super physical sport. But we are, we are a little bit past our time. Uh, it's 1103. Uh, wow. Anything else you wanted to touch on here before we wrap up? Yeah, well, I think we'll do a, a true postmortem of the season next week, which will be our Victoria Day show, I guess, next yes. Monday night, when the Canucks season will actually be finished. It's, it's still strange to see them playing while everyone else is is uh, either not playing or, or doing the playoffs. But I'm just really fascinated, Parker, as I always am. But this season, it, uh, this week, sorry, it just feels like something will happen, whether it's major or whether it's minor, but something has got to give. You can't not... Yeah, we, everything we talked about, you can't let things go too long because you're going to miss out on some good people. So whether that's a, a new chairman, whether that's a new GM, whether that's a new coach or or, uh, or contract movements, whatever it may be, I'm expecting to see some sort of news by the weekend, as you said, and then we'll have something to talk about on Monday night for sure. I think that's fair. And you did mention uh, Victoria Day, long weekend for our next show. Uh, I will have a birthday by then. So this will be our last show of you being double my age. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, and, and, and those of you that people, if, if anyone who knows math, this is the only year where I will be that'll be it. Parker's age. Cause yeah. So that means that if I'm 46, you must be turning 24 and you're turning 24 on the 23rd, third on my, uh, on Sunday. 
Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we get some, you know, if there's some big news that shakes loose this week, make sure you're subscribed to this channel. Make sure you're subscribed to both of our channels as well. Yes. We, of course, have videos almost every day um, covering whatever news is going on with this team. And before we wrap up, one last Apple podcast review for you guys, a five-star rating from Jay Gould 13 uh, oh, yes. the, the title of Mantastic and Intense uh, which I don't know what that means, but uh, uh, great podcast, guys. Top notch, a great duo, and superb. Josh signed Josh Gould, original Clay hype man from Ellensburg, Washington. Yeah, Parker, Josh is great. He actually, um, I got to know him when I was doing um, um, the, the, the C4 podcast, the Canucks hockey blog. And yes, he is my original hype man, hmm. uh, although I've never met him, but I, I can't wait to. Um, but that, that's an awesome review as well. By the way, we're going to turn next week's. Victoria Day show, not only a Canucks postmortem, but it'll be a celebrating Parker's life show. Let's do that. Nice little birthday episode for me. I'll, there you I'll go. make sure I got some cake going. Uh, anyways, that's it. That's all. Thank you guys for hanging out with us on this lovely Monday night. Of course, we'll be back next Monday and maybe once before that, if something big shakes down later on in the week, we will see. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed. Hit that bell for good measure. Have a good night. And we will, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you all next week.